This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Welcome back, guys. DGS 205. So Representative Ian Mackey is just part of the DGS family now. He's on the Think Tank all the time. Great dude. Uh, joins us live. He was there yesterday on the ground when that happened. Uh, glad to see you. Glad to see you in, you know, one piece. And I know yesterday you were pretty freaked out about it, uh, understandably so. Um, tell us your story. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I uh, like many of my colleagues, um, Road buses down to Union Station um, through the parade route and then um, gathered in front of the stage and uh, waited for the rally and watched the rally. And then um, some folks stayed outside. Um, I went inside with a few folks and uh, we were uh, just inside uh, the doors in the Grand Hall Union Station. And actually, one of my colleagues had received a text from a friend of his who had a police scanner and had heard instantly that there was a response to a shooting. And it wasn't two or three seconds after that that the doors of Union Station flood open and there was just a stampede of people whose faces definitely I won't forget, um, who just ran through um, and uh, started running towards the back of Union Station. And then all of a sudden there was some chaos in the back and then they started running back towards Union Station, which gave us the indication at some point that there was like multiple shooters in different places yeah. as there has been before. It turns out the facts, it doesn't seem to support that, but that was people's thinking sort of on the ground right there. Um, you know, there were people just stepping up and, you know, putting their bodies in front of their kids and in front of their spouses and just bracing for the worst. And thankfully, you know, I mean, there was a life lost. There were little children who were injured who are still in the hospital. It's a horrific scene. And there's a lot of people, myself included, who are are grateful that, that that we were spared. Do you know any more than we do as far as just it was some kind of a beef between juveniles, it sounds? It sounds like we, we have a pretty clear understanding that it was juveniles, which I think um, is a large part of our public policy conversation about how to address these situations going forward. Um, yeah. Kids and guns. Uh, we had a vote uh, last year on the floor about whether or not kids should be able to walk around with guns. And my colleagues said, yes, they should be able to walk around with guns. I had legislation that said, should we check the ID of kids who want to buy bullets? And most of my colleagues said, no, we should not. Um, you know, there's the Second Amendment. There's the right to carry and bear arms. Um, you know, there's a lot of rights that you don't have before the age of 18. Yeah. And I think uh, buying bullets and carrying guns around in public probably ought to be one of those. I know this is not your first experience at this. We'll talk about that in a moment. But yesterday, and I've been asking people this. Uh, we've all imagined it. I've imagined it. You know, I've thought of and, and I, it's not like I'm, you know, Jason Bourne. And every time I go to an Applebee's, I'm checking exits. But uh, you are much more aware than, than we used to be. But you confronted it yesterday. Like you said, you saw people running literally for their lives. Right. What was that like? 
Uh, I mean, it's 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 I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it's like a movie. It's really like a movie. You feel like you're on a movie set. Um, I mean, it was just it was surreal. It just it didn't feel like real life. But we all knew it was real life because we all know this happens every day in our country. This is, I think, the 49th mass shooting of the year. Um, so we I mean, we just and those of us who talk about it every day, those of us in, in public office who discuss these issues every day, who sit down with the kids from CVPA after what they went through, who listen to stories of, of, of families and, and people who've been through this. We understand it's a real possibility. And so. You know, people's instincts kick in and, and people do what they need to do to survive. Talking to uh, our buddy, Representative Ian Mackey here. Uh, talk to us about Boston. I didn't know this story. Well, so I was living in Boston at the time uh, with my husband and uh, his uncle uh, is a pretty prolific marathon runner and he was in town running um, and he finished a record time. Um, had he finished closer to his regular time, we would have been much closer to the events than we were. But he finished in stellar time. And so we started walking back to our hotel and we were en route back to our hotel from the finish line when all of a sudden the texts are coming and then the helicopters start flying. And then you think, what the hell is going on? And then yeah. there was a three day manhunt. Uh, you know, nobody went to work. They, they searched for him high and low. They found him in the boat in Watertown. I had the opportunity this summer actually to meet the, the chief of the Watertown police um, who was in oh, charge wow. of that 10 years ago. It was really remarkable. I was in uh, D.C. Uh, with the FBI and my daughter, and we saw the boat. Yeah. That was really something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a boat, but still you're like, that's the boat. Right. This is crazy. And it was, and that was three, that was 36 hours plus of living on edge. I mean, yes. this yesterday was, was settled and done and cleared within minutes, or at least within an hour. Uh, I think people were starting to, to breathe a sigh of relief. Um, that went on for days. So as uh, we we're talking about on the break, it went political Literally within seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about that. The good, the bad, the ugly from your point of view. Uh, you know, uh, pu- what better time to talk about public policy than in the midst of an event that public policy is trying to prevent or trying to address? Um, the idea that somehow we're going to wait or that somehow um, public policy doesn't have a role here. The idea that the Speaker of the House and that other colleagues of mine who are themselves lawmakers would make the argument that laws don't matter, that criminals will just break them, that that's why we shouldn't have gun laws because murder is already illegal and they're just going to murder if they want to. It's just the most – there are some people who make that argument out of ignorance and then there are some people like Dean Plocker and others who just make it out of intellectual dishonesty. And it's just so frustrating to see. A, a lot of the people that I saw that I talked to uh, right after, seconds after on the way to the bus or on the bus are very smart people. Um, who can think through that, who didn't want to think through that, um, mm-hmm. who didn't want to have that conversation, who didn't want to, as they would say, make it partisan. But this is this is every issue we confront is partisan. There are many um, instances in our daily lives that we confront that are partisan and mass shootings are certainly one of those. Did you guys have person to person discussions afterwards yesterday? Uh, you know, briefly. Mm-hmm. I mean, people people weren't they didn't want to. Yeah. Um, you know, I think. <laughs> The, the folks I were with, the folks that I was with on my side of the aisle, we were sure pushing forward. I wasn't the only one yeah. uh, trying to engage folks in a discussion. And then, you know, we wake up this morning and um, folks want to, I guess, talk on social media. Not surprisingly, a lot of the keyboard warriors that I work with um, will say things, um, you know, on Twitter or other places that they won't necessarily want to say. What were some of the things say. that got to you the most? Oh, my gosh. Um, making fun of the trauma that people are facing, um, you know, making fun of how scared people are or you know, how weak they seem to be because they're scared or because they've been through trauma. Um, You know, sharing a picture. We had a state senator who shared a picture of a man um, who was detained for being publicly intoxicated yesterday, but he had shared false information that this man was an illegal immigrant and one of the shooters. Um, I'll let that sit. Yeah. That's, 
insane. Um, not a colleague of mine, but somebody else, you know, um, uh, so much racist vitriol, the N-word flying on comments from from colleagues of mine. Um, uh, children's names of colleagues yeah, of mine being someone mentioned. made a, yep. a th- not-so-veiled threat. A not-so-veiled threat at all. What if I drove to your house and killed your children and mm-hmm. named that person's children? children? Yeah. That's how folks are reacting to this. So I know this is the $64,000 question, but give me two or three things that if they just said, hey— Here's a checkbook. You get to do what you want to do. Sure. What in the state of Missouri would you change? Well, look, I don't know how these juveniles, how these young folks got their ammunition, but each year I've been in the legislature, I filed a piece of legislation that said we ought to ID folks who buy ammunition. We ID them when they buy pornography. We ID them when they buy alcohol. And we ID them when they want to buy cigarettes. Um, Those statutes are worded in a way where the responsibility and the onus is placed on the person selling the product. It's a negligence standard. They they don't get to say, I didn't know. They They have to do their due diligence and make sure that person's not a minor. When it comes to ammunition, it requires that seller know that the person's a minor in order for them to be culpable. And so they're allowed to say, I didn't know. I didn't know. And they're not, they're not forced to check for an ID. It's a simple fix, an incredibly simple fix to make sure that when someone in Kansas City, by the way, the Fox 4 station over there twice, once in 2015, once in 2018, sent a 16-year-old out in the middle of the day to buy bullets, and he bought a ton of bullets in a ton of locations both times because this law is not in effect. That would do a lot right there. It, I, I don't, I'm not asking to name <laughs> names, but do you ever get people who are on the opposite side of this issue, who off the record will say, yeah, we got, we should do something, but I can't. Yeah, absolutely. This, this legislation I'm talking about right now that I file each year, every two years, it's, it's so interesting to see green, fresh uh, Republican first-year lawmakers who have told their constituents and their campaign team and everyone who sent them there, I'll be an independent voice, I'll use my own judgment, I won't tow the party line, I'll do what what I think is right, and I proposed this amendment, and sure enough, a handful of them vote for it on the record. <laughs> Last year, there were four or five in committee that said, oh, yeah, this is a good idea. One of them shared a personal story with me about his own sibling who died in the line of duty from a juvenile's bullet. And he said when he first got there, this is a good idea. And then he said, "Nah, I'd rather be a Trump Republican and just take whatever that is and, and not, you know, whatever. Yeah, and then politics politics gets in the way, mm-hmm. and and we don't it, it doesn't get done. The only thing that will solve this is likely more Democrats. Period. That's it. We're the ones who want this piece of legislation to keep kids from buying bullets. We're the ones who don't want kids carrying guns in the streets. Those are the fixes we're proposing. Our Republican counterparts disagree with them. If that's something you prioritize high enough on your list of what you're thinking about in terms of the next election or who to vote for, you have no choice but to vote for Democrats. Ian, you mentioned the trauma that, you know, the people, yourself included, experienced yesterday. If I can get personal, how do you feel about going to another large event after experiencing what you've experienced? I'm I'm not deterred, really. Um, a lot of that is just my personal circumstance. I don't know what I would do if I had kids. Uh, I, I don't know what I would do if I was those moms in there. Um, I can't speak for that, but. My personal experience is pretty carefree. <laughs> I'll just be honest with you. It's saw, pretty carefree. I saw a so picture from yesterday of uh, a mom, Rachel's age, hovered over a daughter five years old. Yeah. It just changes you. Oh, yeah. Really does. Yep. And I don't have the answers, but I know we're better than this. Mm-hmm. For the love of God. Right. We're better than a decent percentage of our get-togethers people are crouching because someone's fire it's just you know i don't know 
And people think about it before they go in. I mean, I'll think about things differently, and I know everybody who I was with, I'm sure they will too. Yeah. Will I look for where the exits are? Will I look for where I would be? I, that's not something I normally do. That is probably something I will do more often at events like that. Absolutely. Rachel, let's go ahead and break. When we come back, uh, Senator Carla May is going to join Representative Ian Mackey here talking about what happened yesterday. They were both there. Quick break right back. Welcome back, guys. DGS on KMOX. It is 2.22. Happy Thursday afternoon. Uh, we have our friend Ian Mackey here, state rep, and we are joined on the phone by State Senator Carla May. She is a Democrat from the 4th District, pretty much the same as, uh, as our friend Ian here. Uh, Senator, thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. Sure. So I'm just going to throw the, the softball to you and, and just uh, tell us what was going on yesterday and walk us into what you saw, what happened to you. Well, I mean, first of all, we were all there to a, to attend an extraordinary event um, to celebrate Missouri's win with the Chiefs, uh, which I had went to one prior, the last one they had. Um, but this one, I mean, it Everybody was having a joyous time. I mean, the sun was shining. It was warmer, which was great, because I remember the last time we was there, it was freezing. Mm-hmm. And so this time it was warmer. And, you know, then towards the end, right at the end, actually, I, you know, the the uh, confetti was going up and things like that. And then you had the uh, gunfire. Uh, I was at the bottom of the escalator when it happened, so I was headed toward the garage when it took place on the west side in the building. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> Senator, what was your experience? I mean, what, what did, did you see the people running? Did you hear the gunshots? And if so, how did it affect you in the moment? Well, yeah, in the moment, it was like, watch, it was, I don't know, I felt like I was in a movie and I was standing still and things were just happening so quickly. So I feel like I was in a daze. Or either I really, you know, feel like I was maybe a little desensitized uh, in the moment. So I can't really evaluate my emotional feelings at the time. I understand. What I I, uh, did understand was, you know, we, first of all, we were separated from some of the people that we came with. Mm -hmm. So that was heart-wrenching because we could not, for whatever reason, cell phone service had gotten shut down. Um, armed guards were ushering us very quickly, move, move, move. And so I was in this group that was, um, that was secured down in the parking lot. We was on one side, then they told us to move, move, move quickly. We had to move quickly to the other side. And, um, and then they were trying to figure out how to get us out of there. And, and then they, you know, ushered us up a narrow staircase you know, with armed guards going before us, making sure, letting us run out three or four at a time. And then they uh, ushered us to some buses, which were the tour buses, which those were not the buses we that, I, that we actually came on, mm-hmm. but they were clearing buses. Like the guards went on, made sure the buses were safe, loaded as many people on, and then told those buses to leave. So they, I think they were really trying to get people out. And, you know, so it was chaos. Yeah. Uh, Representative Ian Mackey, would you like to say anything to Senator May just since you went through this together? Oh, it's good to see you on the other side. And I look forward to working with you in Jefferson City to see what we can do to prevent these from happening in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the key. Um, Trying to prevent it from happening. And we are definitely going to have to figure out 
some common sense gun laws, or we're going to have to start training Missourians when you have public events, what to do in this instance. Yeah. Because you, the first thing you do is freeze. You know, so. So, Carla, we know that uh, that you and Ian are not going to get everything that you want. If you could get a couple of things done, what would you, what are the most important things to you vis-a-vis this gun problem? I mean, I would ban automatic weapons in urban areas because I don't think you need them. Why would I need an AR-15 or a machine gun or anything like that in an urban area? This is not, you know what I'm saying? We're trying to prevent it from being a war zone, and it feels like that's turning it into a war zone. So we don't want someone to be able to get off that many shots anyway. And I don't even know what type of weapon was shooting or anything. But that's that's number one. And, you know, and then people who are caught up in this situation or who've experienced it should understand that we don't need those type of weapons because you don't even need them to hunt. Who uses an AR-15 or an automatic weapon to hunt with? So that's what I would like to see done quickly. Senator, we appreciate your time. We're glad that you're safe, and uh, we wish you well. We'd like to talk to you again in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Right. What kind of optimism do you have, Ian, for for uh, for anything? Honestly, for anything, oh, man, that's a pretty bleak outlook right now. To be honest with you, I don't know. Um, I, I aren't we all just waiting for the next mass shooting? We had forty nine so far. We know we'll have fifty. We'll have fifty one. We'll have fifty two. We'll have fifty three. Are they all of a sudden just going to stop? Well, Wheels uh, are, was talking about what would it take. We've already had dozens of kindergarten and first graders killed. Right. Uh, we've had it happen at schools. We've had it happen at malls. We've had it happen at Super Bowl celebrations. Like, what will it take? Uh, this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I don't know. I mean, we, we see, the only thing in my life that's caused the big change, we talked about this, it was 9-11. Mm. But that was also an outside attacker. Mm. It's not something, it's not, the call's not coming from within the house. So it's easy to focus on, on an outside attacker and unify against that. 
But what I mean, what level of event needs to take place where people will actually put away the the slippery slope arguments and the fear of somebody coming to take all your guns? Let, let me give a, a terrible analogy, but it's like if you're overweight and you know you have a problem, and well, maybe you don't just go run a marathon, but maybe you just you know, you cut your calories, yes. maybe you start walking around the neighborhood, and then you go, you know what? I'm not losing enough weight. I think I'm going to go to the gym. And you say, oh, this is starting to work, but I think I could do more. Just I would just like to see us do something. Baby steps. The simplest things would give some hope. Uh, that we do them, and maybe they don't work, and we say maybe we need to do something else, and maybe we find some success, and we do stop some of these, and then we can we can go sideways. Uh, Ian, great to see you. Thanks for coming in, my friend. Really we have appreciate to try. it. Yep, thank you. Two thirty-five DGS. Our friend attorney Brad Young joins us now. Hello, Brad. Hey, Dave. So I'm looking up at the TV, and uh, prosecuting attorney Fannie Willis is on the stand. Uh, her subordinate, Nathan Wade, was on the stand all morning. I always like to do this like with you and Chad. Let me tell you what I think is going on, then you, you tell me where I went awry. Um, so there's been a motion made by the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, to disqualify uh, prosecuting attorney... Uh, Fannie Willis, saying that she had a sexual relationship with Nathan Wade, uh, which I think would be okay, but they are trying to say now that she hired him uh, after they had become romantic, that she overpaid him, and that basically he repaid her uh, by taking her on trips and lavish vacations and, and such. And so they've been putting on testimony all day, going into the gentleman's divorce and his interrogatory and his discovery questions that he gave years ago. Uh, is that about the long and short of it? It, it is. The the only thing that I would, uh, that I would want to follow up on with that, Dave, is that if it's shown that they had a relationship before the appointment was made, then the appointment of Nathan Wade would be a conflict of interest. I, you said, I think it's okay. I, I'm not sure that's the case, but the the burden of proof here is on former President Trump's mm-hmm. position that this relationship existed before the appointment was made. Because if they had a relationship that just started after the appointment was made, it looks bad. Uh, it doesn't seem professional, but I don't think that in of itself okay. would rise to the level of conflict of interest. Okay, so it's all about the timing. And yes. I saw something that really surprised me. And I, the, the person who wrote the article could just be flat out wrong. But they were saying that it, let's say that she is disqualified. The judge finds this to be a conflict of interest. That it's just it's not as simple as someone else just steps in and they don't miss uh, a beat. Well, that's correct, because then they have to go through the process again of finding a new prosecutor. A new prosecutor could could decide to drop the charges. A new prosecutor could decide to reduce the charges or add to the charges. It would be at the sole discretion of the special prosecutor. So that's really, I think, the Hail Mary play from the Trump team is that if they can get uh, Wade disqualified because of the conflict of interest with Fannie Willis. At that point, it can't get any worse, right? For them, uh, it can only get better or stay the same. And so that's the that's the political calculation. And how's it going today? I mean, does it look good for them? Bad for them? 
Well, I haven't been able – I've been watching updates. Uh, I haven't been able to watch it live because, uh, <laughs> you know, I've got a law firm to run. But uh, <laughs> but besides that, besides that, uh, what it looks like, at least from, from my perspective, is whether the receipts – there are receipts to prove that timing. The whole thing is about the timing. And uh, it's been reported that there's some evidence of, uh, of them going out on dates before this happened and they, they didn't split the bill. And so it all depends on what actual evidence is there and presented at this hearing. Now, keep in mind one final thing. Fannie Willis fought, fought very hard against having to take the stand here because she didn't want to do that. So the fact that she is taking the stand shows, number one, that it's serious. Uh, and number two, that it's all going to come down to the timing. So uh, bring us up to date. I honestly have lost track of where the various cases are. Uh, well, well, the the big news is is that there is an apparent trial date set in the issue revolving around uh, Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal, the porn stars who were paid by Trump's fixer Michael Cohen. That trial date is scheduled now for March twenty five. We'll see if it stands. I didn't think that this would be the first case to go to trial. It looks like that it will. But and boy, I you know, I hate to get deep in the weeds, Dave. Mm-hmm. I try to keep it just surface. Here's where we are. But there's two things it requires just a slight amount of detail that we need to know about this Alvin Bragg prosecution. First of all, falsifying business records. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, under New York law, that's a that's a misdemeanor and it only rises to the level of a felony if the falsification of records was done in conjunction with the commission of a second crime. But under New York law, that second crime has to be a New York law. And the what Alvin Bragg is trying to bootstrap here is that President Trump was trying to violate federal election law in connection with his uh, hiding of the, of the payments to Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal. That's never been done before. Uh, the only court of appeals case we have on it says you it has to be a New York state mm-hmm. law for that to apply. Alvin Bragg is saying that it's a federal law, even though federal prosecutors refused to prosecute Trump on that point. So that's the first real stretch here. We don't mm-hmm. know how it's going to turn out. Very novel. Secondly, statute limitations. That means, as you know, Dave, you have to prosecute a crime within a certain amount of time. For the misdemeanor charge, for Trump, it would only be two years. That would have expired a long time ago because these acts took place in 2016. But by bootstrapping in this federal law, it expands it to five years. So even though the Trump, the judge in this case, denied all the motions to dismiss, this case is on very, very shaky ground Mm -hmm. legally. And, you know, I don't say that because I'm a Trump supporter, because I'm not. I'm just laying out the facts as they are. Okay, we'll probably talk to you tomorrow about something, Brad. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> My pleasure. You guys see the uh, Megan Fox is in trouble thing? No. I just saw up on TMZ that she made Ukrainian women mad. So she took a photo at a Super Bowl after party with Taylor and Travis and uh, and Machine Gun. That's her <laughs> on and off again Machine Gun fiance. Kelly. Yeah. And I guess she didn't look that great. And people are like, oh, missing sleep there, Megan, or whatever. And she says, oh, my God, guys, look how different I don't look at all. Turns out it was just a shadowy cell phone pic of me looking like a Ukrainian blow-up doll, when in reality I look like one of those super expensive silicone real sex dolls you can only get in Japan. Hmm. 
So Ukraine has a problem with that. How about we just, I have this on the sheet too. I, I had seen a tweet about Amy Schumer and how her face looks different. And I clicked on it because I wanted to see what everybody was saying. Uh, and I was so disturbed by the replies and the speculation. Like people were like, oh, she's on this drug. She's on that drug. She must have, she must be going through this. She must be depressed. She just the things people were saying, I felt horrible for her that she was under this level of scrutiny just because she looks a little different nowadays. People age, things happen in life. Sometimes your face changes. And even if it's not something natural, I just don't think it's appropriate to be speculating on another person's body like to yeah. that extent. I feel for Megan Fox, I don't think she had to hit out at Ukrainian people uh, in her response. But I kind of get the the instinct to have a response, though. It's like, Gosh, come on. I, I had seen something about her, too. People, the headline about Megan Fox was like, she's lost her youthful appearance. And I'm going, is this, who wrote that? Yeah. And who published that? And who feels good about that? And That's who, so weird. And who doesn't? Right. Everyone does. I mean, everyone yeah. ages. Yeah. Father time always wins. Right. I mean, I'm kind of beating him, but I mean, other than that. <laughs> yeah, but just for now. Just for now, right. And I also just think it's kind of cruel. Like, Megan Fox's whole thing, her, you know, the whole time I've been aware of her, she was a huge star when I was in high school and mm-hmm. stuff. It, it was, you know, she's sexy. She's a sex symbol. Well, if she's losing that status, we don't all have to point at the same time and go, ha, <laughs> right. look at you. Um, changing topics quickly. Uh, Coco the Gorilla. Remember we had the oh, big yes. big fight about uh, how much... Yeah, our Andrew's, truther's not here. Yeah, our Coco's gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, he was the truther. A new study has come out. Uh, it doesn't surprise me, but it goes into the depth of which that gorillas especially, apes in general, have senses of humor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that they can point out the funny ones... And the not funny ones, and they can point out their jokes, and and they're kind of they're sort of like uh, at Wheeler level, like they yeah. like they yeah. like pranks. Yes, they like the old like tap you on the shoulder other. and they turn around and yeah, yeah. I saw that story too. Hey, they, you want a banana? They found yoink. that they uh, they tease each other. Yeah, that's so great. We're just monkeys. I wonder. If they, I wonder if they can tell the ones that are trying to be funny, but they're just not. Just quite not yeah, do they do yeah. the whole? Ha-ha. Like they think they're funny, but the rest of the primates are like. I wonder eh. if they uh, can roll their eyes. <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah, again. oh my god there's a tiktok of a young woman who works with gorillas and especially this couple a gorilla couple and they are it's very sweet and she appears to just cuddle with them all day as a job uh and the male is very protective of her like she's mine even beyond his wife I don't know what it's called a wife. But mm-hmm. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Gorilla wife. His lady. But it's also very off-putting to me somehow. Like every time it comes up on my feet, I'm like, I guess I'll watch it. But <laughs> she's always just like, I mean, it's a gorilla, like a full-grown gorilla. Oh, yes. Like one of the Seems big boys. Dangerous for her yeah, to be cuddling. And that's what it is. Like I know they're not going to post it if it twists her head off, right? But still, you're just like, Nang. yeah. Well, it's like Tiger King. We all remember Tiger King, and the mm. whole thing was like, oh, it's so with a bear guy. It's yeah, the bear guy. But Grizzly the whole thing man, was yeah. like, these cats are so amazing. There's nothing like you know getting in there and tussling with them. And then the first episode, somebody gets their arm bitten off. Spoiler alert! In Tiger King, yeah, go, really? I'm pretty oh. sure. Unless I was watching a different show. Yeah. You know what I think about today about criminals? No one has cash anymore. Like in the old days, stick them up, give me your cash. I'm not sure that they want our wallets because 
I can shut my credit cards off in 60 seconds. Right. You know? Yep. I guess why you see so many carjackings, but the days of the old-fashioned stick-up and... The old-fashioned mugging. Yeah. You know, I saw a video of a criminal going into an Apple store and just ripping all of the display phones mm-hmm. off of their, like, mm-hmm. tethers and stole, like, 15 or 20 of them at a time. And I'm thinking, those phones are all going to be bricked by the time you walk out of the store. Like, why are you doing this? I don't know. So, Rach, you have finally come around to my philosophy of can't win, don't try. Uh, yeah. What did I write that about? Let me see. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Going to the awards tonight? Why, why? Yes. Yes. Life in so general. tonight we have the Odyssey Awards, and I was actually Academy. the Academy, uh, the Academy Awards. Awards, as Dave is calling them. Um, and I was actually getting pretty excited for this event. I had ordered a new dress, and I wanted to look nice for once. I was like, maybe I'll get a nice picture for Instagram, something like that. Well, why do I even try? First of all, the dress that I ordered two weeks ago was supposed to arrive a long time ago. Didn't arrive. Didn't arrive. Didn't arrive. Thought it was supposed to get here yesterday. Then the post office decides, no, that's not your address. We're going to forward it to an unknown address. So I don't know where this piece of clothing is, but it's not at my it, apartment. It came to my house. I'll be wearing it tonight. On the red <laughs> I'm sure so. you will look stunning. Yes. Wish I had an Instagram. And yes, then sir. the other thing is I'm, I have like some sort of illness going on or like a sinus allergy thing. And my eye is acting up and it's like really puffy and swollen and so I can't even wear, like, eye makeup or anything. Like a big zit before the prom. Kind of, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I'm thinking, why did I even, you know, why did I even try to fit in for one? Because usually I'm like, oh, you know, that's for the popular kids. I'm not going to participate in that. But this time I was going to participate and everything went wrong. Mm. You that's why I don't it? try. Am I going to break? Yeah, I think I'm still going to go. Um, I have a different, uglier dress that I could wear. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew is insisting that the, the eye thing is not that noticeable. I know. I don't think it. it's that noticeable. I don't think you can really. Uh, see. That's because you want to go. <laughs> I uh, you don't want to lose your date. I did get my dress uh, all picked out, <laughs> and mine did come in the mail. Andrew's wearing a very nice watch today. I assume for the Academy Awards. It's made of wood. Oh, neat. Was that a Valentine's Day present? Uh, it was a gift from my friend for being the best man in his wedding. That's oh. so funny. Get a nice little engraving on the back. What about the watch that Dave got you? Why didn't you wear that one? Because it didn't fit with my outfit as well. Oh, okay. I tried Is your outfit made of wood, too? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He's a real boy one day. (laughs) Yeah, I look like Pinocchio. (laughs) I look like a puppet. I wore a collar. Yeah, Wheels is dressed up. He's wearing a flannel shirt. This yeah. is about as as all gussied up as we could ever yeah, see him. I, I love Wheeler uh, trying to convince us earlier in the office. <laughs> I'm that like, he's hey, wearing a shirt with it's a it's, it's like fancy. a flannel. I'm probably not gonna button it up, but whatever. It's something your dad takes a nap in. <laughs> yeah, Wheeler yeah, is like, yeah. Wheeler is like, it's got a collar. It's got a collar. It's good enough. The thing is, though, we're having like this is supposed to be like a big event, right? Like they get they got a red carpet and yeah. everyone's gonna be taking photos. And I'm thinking like, here we go for the gram. Let's Let's do it. And now I'm just going to bypass that entire thing because my face looks crazy. Rach, you have such access, being my friend. Uh, <laughs> I just got a text from Dr. Greg Birdie from Ophthalmology Associates. Oh. He's listening, and he says, you know, we're here to take care of her eye if she needs it. That's so sweet. That's really nice. I think I just have, like, a blocked tear duct. This has happened before. You should let me squeeze it like Dr. Pimple Popper. I don't think I'm going to let you do that. <laughs> let's put, some, let's put Dave, some mustard on it. Dave's like, let me squeeze your eye. <laughs> like Dr. Pimple Popper. Greg says just spray some Windex in it. Okay. Okay. Ah, that's what we'll do. <laughs> that sounds legit. I can do that. <laughs> just use your finger like the wiper. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Greg Birdie. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 